Hello, everybody, and welcome back to... Girl Farts. Um, with my little, um, I have my little, um, soundboard, you know? Fucking love that. Um... Today's episode is something that I've been wanting to do for a while. Um, It's a very... It's not so much as, like, talking about my life, but also, like, more, like, research in a certain sense. Today's topic is um, attachment styles. Now, this is something that a lot of you may have heard throughout your life uh attachment styles are you know very popularized in you know like anxious attachment specifically like people i feel like people often use this as like um oh like i'm very anxious in relationships like my attachment style is just very anxious um which you know it's fine um but um i feel like there's a lot of um, misunderstanding on what an attachment style is. Um, attachment styles do not only affect, um, your romantic relationships. They can also affect literally everything in your life up to your career, your work, the way you work, the way you handle pressure, um, the way you view yourself, uh, the way you view the world, the way you view others. Attachment styles are something that is extremely important in psychology and uh yeah i just kind of i've been having this little niche interest and hyper fixation on it i've been researching for a couple of days um and i want to talk about this with you all now this i'm not so sure if i'm going to be able to put it all in one episode um i'm gonna try my best uh as if if I do, it's going to be a really long episode. So, you know, warning on that. Um, but I just wanted to talk about this. And I wanted to sort of help not only you guys, but help me um, understand fully what this is. So let's get right into it, guys. of all we need to define what exactly is the attachment theory so here um my sources are i'm getting various sources i will mention them you know uh, as i go um this first uh source i have from stony brook university uh you know psychology uh the origins of attachment theory uh, the origins basic what the fuck why am I repeating that? <laughs> okay so the attachment theory is a joint work but it was a, a, originated by John Bowlby uh, in like 1980 something let me, let me see uh, yeah it prim- like from 1907 to 1990 uh, like Oh, wait, no, that's when he fucking fucking got into this world and died. Okay, my bad. <laughs> what the fuck? 
it was like in 1980 he started developing this theory or 1970s i'm not sure uh he started developing this theory and later on uh mary ainsworth was introduced into this uh concept and so it was a joint work and she created the experiment that was popularized um i'm sure if you study psychology si tú estudias psicología obligado tú tienes que saber de este experimento el experimento in which uh children were you know they were with their mothers in you know in like a fucking room i guess uh and you know they start off with their mothers they were playing whatever Uh, their parents would like try to play with them and, and fucking stuff. And then their parents would leave the room for a specific period of time. Uh, and they would analyze how the child reacted. Um, you know, what happened with the child while, while the parent was gone. Um, so she was the, you know, the, the reason for that fucking experiment. Um, and the, the fucking results of that experiment are still incredibly um relevante still to this fucking day that is a very relevant study and people still teach that like in basic psychology when you take this fucking class in basic psychology that is one of the first experiments that they will talk about um you know as you go um and i find this incredibly uh just incredibly fucking um interesante like how that's like how such a simple um exercise was able to develop such concrete results that it's incredible like when you when you really look at it human beings are incredible so what is attachment theory what is attachment style Um, according to psych, I, um, my site here is this website called the attachment project. Incredible. You know, there is a lot of, uh, like, I just love the way they worded this because I've seen like through my, my research, I've visited various websites and, and read, tried to read various articles, but they were all like really fucking confusing and i'm sorry i may be smart i may like you know fucking love learning and shit but i will never fucking like understand fancy written papers in fucking english i can't understand the fancy english language i'm sorry professional english is just not for me um so so i just really love how they worded this article because it's really easy to read and you can understand the consensus of it But basically, uh, what are attachment styles and how do they affect our relationships? According to this article, it says, uh, psychoanalyst, psychiatrist and psychoanalyst John Balby, uh, one's bond with their primary, you know, according to him, one's bond with their primary caregivers during childhood has an overreaching influence on their future social and intimate relationships and even their relationships at work. So, like I said, this affects not only your personal and intimate relationships, it affects your everyday life, you know, like your professional life. In other words, this early bond creates a template 
or rules on how you build and interpret relationships as adults. Um, oh, the work dates back to the theory dates back to 1950. So that's crazy. Um, I thought it was like 1980s. Um, I feel like it's like like 1980s is when Bowlby started to work with it, but, um, I'm not sure. Um, but, uh huh. In essence, how do the, oh, I mean, how do attachment styles attachment types develop in childhood in essence how a primary care how a primary caregiver usually parents act towards his child uh and meets their needs forms the foundations for how the child perceives and acts within close relationships so basically para para resumirlo bien um your attachment style is something that you are developing the moment that you're born all right um specifically and i was talking about this with um angel last night uh the most important uh development developmental um time in your life is within like the 18 months of a child's life until the third year of their life that is like when it's the most critical it's ever been um and you really need to like you know be very attentive to your child uh in that sort of gateway so yeah (laughs) it's really interesting because literally whatever when you think about it and anything you can do uh, to your child during that window is so incredibly prevalent in their lifestyle like it's crazy that you know if you're like the things you go through as a child can literally affect you until you're an old fucking hag like that's fucking crazy and so here it says um the reason for this is that the child is dependent on their caregiver seeks comfort soothing and you know as a support item when your child basically does not feel their needs are being met that's when the insecure forms of attachment start developing um that's when you're like fuck you know what i mean you're like goddamn i'm fucked up you know what i mean in other words, in like really, really other words, <laughs> that doesn't make a lot of sense. Sorry if I'm not making a lot of sense, guys. I'm I just don't really know how to express myself. I know what I'm trying to say, but like sometimes I don't. So like, <laughs> deal with it, I guess. Um. So basically, yeah, I'll keep reading. If the caregivers offers a warm and caring environment and are attuned to the child's to the child's physical and emotional needs, um even when these needs are not clearly expressed the child becomes securely attached secure attachment is one of the four, one of the first um attachment styles uh and you know it's it's the best one to have because you know it's kind of like what you would desire i guess um but on the other hand misattunement on behalf of caregivers towards their child's physical and emotional needs is likely to lead into insecure attachment, which is what I said um, 
not too long ago and may be worth noting that caregivers that caregivers misattunement may not be intentional but the child still perceives them as not meeting their needs that's crazy that's fucking crazy because you slip up once and your child's gonna be like yo i'm gonna remember that for the rest of my fucking life so basically the the reason why this is so critical the reason why your attachment style is incredibly important um and dr what's her fucking name what's her name okay sorry I got this quote from um, this channel called Med Circle. They have a few video uh, discussions on attachment style. Med Circle is basically, what does it say here in the description? It says that their mental health interviews with world class psychiatrists and psychologists. Um, you know, they're like a bunch of psychologists. I just kind of fucking sit there and talk about it. Um, really fucking cool, really interesting video. I think you guys should watch them. Um, and Dr. Judy, wait, is that her fucking name? Yeah, Dr. Judy Ho. Uh, my bad. My bad, y'all. I didn't mean to laugh. That was rude. Uh, that's, that's rude. I'm sorry, Judy. I'm sorry, Judy Ho. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I got really distracted by that. Um, basically, she says, when the guy asks her, well, why is it so critical? Why is it such a critical thing um, in our lives? She responds with this quote that I really fucking, you know, I was like, fuck yeah. She says, it's critical because it talks about your template, the, about the template you use in relationships, period. Period. Relationships, period. And that's incredibly important because we, as our brain absorbs information, you know, uh, as we live on through life and we fucking have different experiences and, you know, see different, um, whatever the fucks, as we go through everything in life, we sort of gather, as we gather information, we, we like try to correlate that information that our brain just gathered into another similar looking thing that we already had in our brains and uh them and basically you know that's exactly like even in relationships you know you know when this guy like let's let's set an example here you're talking to a guy whatever and all of a sudden that he says, damn, babe, your ass is so fat. And you remember three years ago, your ex said the same exact thing. Yeah, that's your fucking template. You're, and you get icked out because of that. Yeah, that's, that's the correlation that you use in relationships. You correlate shit um, within whatever the fuck you're doing. You know what I mean? And even like even in your your line of work, there can also be times where you correlate shit that happens with your parents. You like remember stuff. Like if somebody says something similar that your your mom may have said to you, you're like, "Fuck. Dude, that that literally wasn't like cool, dude. That like I don't fuck with that." 
you know? So that's why it's so important because you're as as that window of like three uh, uh, I mean 18 months old and three years old as that window opens and the, the experiences you gather in that window that will follow you through the rest of your fucking life bro like these experiences will be with you for the rest of your life and and even your attachment style can change as you go through your life because, you know, our life does not end at three years old. You gather more information and more, you go into, into more social settings. You know what I mean? But it is still really fucking difficult to, like, change specific attachment styles, um, you know, of the insecure variety. Um, but as long as you are aware of them and you're aware of how this behavior is correlated to something in your past as long as you're aware where this comes from i feel like you have and they talk about this in the video too you have a better chance of being more self-aware and correcting yourself when insecure uh not insecure what's the fucking um word when fuck I don't know. When, like, fucking situations happens, you have a better chance of, like, catching yourself when you're, like, about to act crazy. You know what I mean? When you're about to fucking fuck some shit up, and you're, you can catch yourself and be like, yo, this might be correlated with how my mama treated me mean once. You know, that's crazy. Um, so that's why it's so important here. And I feel like I've explained this enough. If not, like, if I remember some things that I left out, you know, I'll put them in the next little part because I'm, I'm about to do a little bit more research but let's start off talking with the four types of attachment styles and explaining how you can gather these attachment styles uh... so let's start off with the first um form of attachment that we are discussing um secure attachment now um this is the only one that is not you know an insecure form of attachment uh because you know they're pretty like resilient in that sense uh secure attachment and it says here uh secure attachment style implies that a person is comfortable expression expressing emotions openly therefore therefore adults with a secure attachment style can depend on their partners and in return let their partners rely on them you know and when i say partner i mean like you know fucking up like relationship like you know fucking normally um how does a child with secure attachment behave? Um, so basically, this is talking about the experiment that uh, Bald. What, what was the fuck was her name? Baldwig. I have no idea. I forgot her fucking name. But the the lady that did the experiment, um, in the experiment, 
you know, their ch- the mothers were playing with their kids or whatever, and the kid was like fucking playing with them, and they were chill, they were calm, and they were ch- you know showing their mother, um, I don't know, fucking whatever, and they were pretty independent in a certain sense uh, when playing. And when the mother leaves the room, they, you know, obviously they're babies. They were like, they were like seven months old or, you know, seven months to like 18 months. And the babies were like fucking, you know, they were like obviously distressed because they were alone in a room and their mother left them alone. Uh, So they're like distressed, but, you know, they were kind of able to self-soothe themselves and, and sort of calm themselves down. Uh, you know, it says here, when their mother returned, they were happy to see her and approach her for comfort. Uh, and the infants joy, the infants enjoy a soothing cuddle, but once content, they were eager to explore their environment again. These children were, le- were later categorized as sec- securely attached. So, you know, they were pretty independent in their own self. You know, they they recognized their emotions. They were able to soothe themselves. Um, so, you know, they weren't in any serious distress. Distressed. Uh, they, see, they seek comfort from their caregiver through cues such as eye contact and cries. And they look to them for support because they know that their caregiver is reliable they know that their caregiver is able to give them the comfort they need you know like por ejemplo vamos a decir que um, tu bebé tiene hambre o tu bebé se dio un cantazo en el fucking dedo y they are coming over to you expecting you know because they recognize that you are a trust a trustable source you are reliable when it comes to, you know, soothing them and, and meeting their needs as children, you know, and that, you know, unlike other parents, you're not going to get mad at them for whatever the fuck they did, you know, they know that you are a trustworthy person in their life. Um, it says here, generally, a child with secure attachment style has well-developed social skills and is not concerned by the presence of other children. They are happy to give, take, and share, and they show empathy to others when they are distressed. A securely attached child will also dis- respond well to being disciplined. Even though they may likely behave like a typical child, they trust their caregiver to guide them in the right direction. In time, they model behaviors on this guidance and are able to make the right choices for themselves um in the video that i was watching on um the secure form of attachment again by med circle with mrs uh what what the fuck was her name joe ho judy ho uh dr judy ho she mentioned um that People who have a secure attachment are by, you know, by far a, um, pretty, like, how the fuck can I say this? Uh, resilient when it comes to, in comparison with people with insecure styles of attachment. This doesn't mean, and I feel like people, la gente como que, 
se confunde mucho al ver este style of attachment. Um, this doesn't mean that you won't be insecure. This doesn't mean that you won't have like difficulty communicating yourself and you know sometimes <coughs> my bad. You know, sometimes or that you won't have moments of anxiousness. What this just means is that you by far have, you know, more social skills than some people. You are able to communicate yourself and your emotions a lot more and you are able to uh you know, sort of guide yourself and have this sort of independence within yourself. Uh and that's really really good, you know. Uh, furthermore, they have a strong sense of self-independence. They're confident and secure enough to explore their environment and adapt to unfamiliar situations. Um, and even in Dr. Judy Ho mentioned something about child with secure attachment styles. I mean, not child, but like people with secure attachment styles. Um, having less of a risk when it comes to chronic conditions. So it's like, you know, you know, when people say, um, that sickness comes from the brain or like sickness come from like whatever, like anxiety or whatever the fuck that kind of is fucking true. Like people with secure attachment styles have less of a risk to be able to develop um you know mental disorders or or have sort of this extra trouble within themselves and again i will re- reiterate that this doesn't mean that people with secure attachment styles do not have anxiety or don't have um you know problems in their life because as humans we're all gonna have some problems in our life and we're gonna have you know difficulty doing whatever the fuck we're doing but um it's it's just easier it's a lot easier and dr judy ho mentions that she does believe that um people people's attachment styles change as they grow And, you know, this goes back to what I was saying that you can, you can be aware of it, aware, like, for example, a person with an insecure form of attachment, you can, uh, once you do your research and, and, and you are aware of the fact that you have an insecure attachment style, you can do certain things that will help you reach sort of like a more secure attachment, um, within yourself uh and is my phone vibrating my bad if you guys hear my phone vibrating i'm getting um notifications um but yeah it's it's um i forgot what the fuck i was talking about y'all i'm so sorry i really got distracted by that um but yeah you can fucking change it as you grow older because you're like fuck hey i really need to work on myself with this And, you know, maybe it won't, you won't be fully secure in your attachment, but 
it will be better because the moment that you see your your original well, not original form but your old style of attachment coming through you're able to recognize that and call yourself out be like hey that's not cool like this is me projecting my old form of attachment and i should really work on that and that's sort of you know don't give up on healing don't give up on healing because it's always possible it's always possible and it might be hard and whatever but we are all able to reach this form of attachment we're all able eight what the fuck aber we're all able to better ourselves is what i'm trying to say um and research suggests that around 66 of the u.s population is securely attached i think that's fucking bullshit like i think that maybe in the era where you know mrs what was her name holy shit i forgot her name hold up mary ainsworth my bad y'all i feel like the era where in which mary ainsworth uh did this uh experiment maybe a lot more kids and children were securely attached but honestly with the evidence i've gathered um because uh just in case y'all don't know i made a little experiment with the people in my close friends also if y'all hear some tapping it's my nails um i did a little experiment with people um in my close friends hold up to sort of you know have a little bit of a of a a a thing to see and compare results and i had them take a, a test um from this really from this um uh from this very same website that i'm you know i got my sources from um, they also have like a test so i think that was really cool and i made them take that test to you know sort of like for them to fucking see i guess question mark question mark um and so many of the results were wild so many of the results were wild entre todas las personas que cogieron el quiz y me enviaron sus resultados, solamente una persona tuvo un secure form of attachment. And it was like, for real, like more than like, how many people? Uh, like 10, no, 15. It was more than 15 people took that, like, me enviaron, esos son los que me enviaron sus resultados. Y yo todavía no he visto una sola persona, bueno, más de una sola persona, que fue Lele, shout out to Lele, with her secure form of attachment. Congratulations, bitch. I am so proud. Um, pero no, no había, solamente ella fue la única persona que sacó un secure form of attachment. Everybody else was wild as fuck. Everybody else was wild as fuck. That was really wild to see, honestly. Um, so I think that statistic is bullshit and we should do, I feel like this experiment, this, you know, statistic needs to be, um, done all over again 
because I would be really interested in seeing the results um, based on how our world is coming to be. Because I feel like it would be mad different. I feel like it would be so different. Um, but I would be really interested. Uh, and this is like, también, esto es como que específicamente in the U.S. Around the 66 in the U.S. population is securely attached. Puerto Rico no es part of the U.S. And Latin America tampoco is part of the U.S. You know, like, I feel like there should be an experiment con los latinos viendo como que su forma de attachment because I feel like the the results would be a lot more concerning you know um y esta estadística esta uh, this <coughs> what the fuck <coughs> anyways um uh, había una estadística que me lo una estadística that's not the right word there was a statistic that I missed in high school, and I think it's still very much true to this day. Um, 82% of the children in Puerto Rico han sido abusado either physically, mentally, verbally, emotionally. I feel like those are three are like the same thing, but like, or sexually. ¿Me entiende como que? En Puerto Rico hay muchos, muchos casos de niños que han sido abusados o han crecido en un ambiente no el mejor, ¿me entiendes? Y yo encuentro que se, se debería hacer ese experimento. Como que es, eso es algo que a mí me gustaría ver en, en the day to day whatever the fuck we're doing. So, yeah. Hi, Snoopy. Snoopy's on my lap, so if you hear him, that's that's just him. Um, but let's continue on to the next uh, form of attachment. So, the next attachment style we're going to be talking about is anxious attachment style. And, you know, it's some, sometimes it's called uh, preoccupied attachment style or anxious ambivalent um, in children. Uh, and this uh, attachment style is a result of inconsistency within the parents within the parenting style um you know like sometimes the parent is responsive to the child's needs sometimes it's he's they're not uh you know like like sometimes they will comfort you sometimes they won't and the it's like this push and pull kind of thing where you don't know what to expect the child doesn't know what to expect um, it says here, the inconsistency might make it difficult for the child to understand what the parent's behavior means and what kind of response to expect in the future. The child might end up confused about his or her relationship with the caregivers whose behavior sends mixed signals. Um, the 
damn, I kind of got sad. I'm not even going to lie. I got kind of sad reading this. Um, another factor that is linked to this development um, is so-called emotional hunger of the caregivers. Um, it says here, in that in that case, caregivers would seek emotional or physical closeness with the children in order to satisfy their own needs rather than their children's. Such as parents might appear intrusive or over or overprotective, they might use their child to say to satiate their own hunger for love, or to present themselves in an, a certain life, so in a certain light, so that you know it can be brought back to like narcissistic parents, you know, people who try to you know, sort of act like the best mother because of what will people think, ¿me entienden como que? What will people think of me if if I if I don't do this, if I don't do that, if I let you do this, if I let you do that, like, um, and, and emotional hunger, let me, let me sort of, uh, define that, uh, the University of, the universe... <laughs> It says the universal the universality of emotional child abuse, and I read the university of emotion of emotional child abuse. That's fucking crazy. Um, uh, I'm trying to find where the fucking uh child abuse blah, 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 blah. those paper documents it doesn't say anything about the hunger but i'm gonna skip that hunger is like you know as a parent you're like oh fuck like i'm fucking depressed because this happened with my partner so i'm gonna use my child and able to in a in a in a in a you know like as eventing as if they were an actual like person who could fucking like tell you what to do like bro like as if they're like as if you're not the fucking parent you know like i at least that's what i perceive it as um like they they want this love they want their child to love them without them loving their child as you know the parent um it should be noted that raising a child in such manner might also be an automatic and unrealized pattern in adults who were raised the same way. Like, you know, uh, fucking, what's it called? When trauma is like, brought, like, uh, generational trauma? Yeah. Ma- uh, there's a lot of um, attachment styles that are a result of generational trauma. They are a result of the burden that our ancestors carried, you know, like, they are a result of the trauma that our parents face, the the things that they went through. That is a result, and that's, you know, it's not an excuse, but it is an explanation. Um, let me let me drink from my little water bottle. Ah, fucking love water. Um, you guys should drink water. Uh, um, blah, blah, blah. caregivers who shout the developers and um, this is not about genetics. This is very important. This is not about genetics, but about the continuate the continuity of behavioral patterns throughout generations. Boom. <laughs> 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 
bad, y'all. I'm sneezing in your ear. Oh my god, my throat itches. Um, but you know, this is this is the first insecure um, attachment style that we uh, fucking talk about. Um, I want to look up what it's like as children. Anxious, anxious, ambivalent. Agita. Alright. So, in the experiment that happened with the fucking, uh, you know, that one lady. I forgot her name every fucking time, bro. Every time. So... child behave okay here it is in the strange oh the experiment is called strange situation experiment that is a creepy when i heard that for the first time oh it was in in 1969 (laughs) sorry i'm sorry (laughs) y'all i'm sorry y'all um but it was uh it was called the strange situation experiment i found when i learned about the name of this fucking experiment i was so tweaked out i was like what the fuck do you mean strange situation i was like what the fuck are you putting these children through it was just leaving them alone in a room hey it was just literally leaving them alone for like two seconds um but anyways um you know you know you know the gist you know how it goes the the mother or father or whatever the fuck they will be in the room with the child and then they'll leave so mary ainsworth noted that in the period of absence with their mother's uh, some children were often be- bewildered, agitated, and avoided eye contact with their mothers on their reunion. So they were, like, betrayed. They were, like, actually, like, holy fucking shit, you left me. You left me alone. You, How could you? How could you leave me alone? I'm just a baby. They were like, holy fuck, bro. Uh, what the fuck are you doing? Like, they were like... <laughs> they were like... <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> that was a fucking child. Anyways, the child was entirely focused on staying close in close proximity to the mother. Like they were trying to like actually prevent them from leaving. Like no, please. But they couldn't seem to derive any comfort from her. So even if like the mother was like, Hey, I'm here, I'm I'm with you, I'm beside you, I love you. Like even if they were giving them this um sort of um como se dice, como que, even if they were comforting them in this way, the child couldn't like they couldn't sense the truthfulness in their um comfort they were like no i don't believe you what if you leave me again that's basically what i imagine these child are these children are thinking um a child with ambivalent it says here a child with an ambivalent attachment style might try to stay close to their parent by upregulating their actions so this means the child will basically they will start screaming they're they're gonna throw they're gonna throw a tantrum because they don't want you to leave they want you to stay there with them this might mean becoming distressed, angry, and throwing a temper tantrum, as I said, um, when separated from their caregiver. They want you back, so they're screaming. They're wanting your attention. 
Um, it says here, even though they might resist soothing from their caregiver when they're reunited with them, they may still cling on to them in order to feel safe. So they they want this closeness. Like they they are obviously dysregulated. They're like, fuck, I what the fuck is going on? I like I don't want you to leave me again. Please stay close to me. Please stay beside me. Um, ambivalent children are often insecure about exploring their world, so they're very introverted in how they interact with you know toys or or certain things. Um, it says here, and for this reason, they might find it hard to settle with groups of children or without trying to attract attention of the adults in the vicinity in order to feel safe. Um. So, this, uh, you know, a lot of insecure attachments have, you know, lasting results on uh, children um, and, you know, as on people. Um, so, it says here, how does ambivalent, ambivalent attachment style affect the child? Not only can the child, can the behavior associated with anxious ambivalence attachment affect how a child socializes with other children, but uh, it can also affect their comprehension, self-control, and ability to perform tasks successfully, their executive functioning skills. So, you know, they, they like, don't know what to fucking do, I guess. Um, the reason for such difficulties may be due to how a child with anxious ambivalent attachments feel so concerned with trying to gain and maintain the attention of adults and they may struggle to focus, plan ahead, and absorb instructions. They may ask questions repeatedly or even act like the class clown to ensure that they're noticed, even if this attention is negative reinforcement of their behaviors. So they want your attention one way or another, you know, because they get a certain amount of validation from it. Um, these kinds of actions in the classroom and at home can be disruptive and sometimes lead to a misdiagnosis of ADHD. Yet underneath their performances and attention-seeking behaviors, anxious and ambivalent children are likely experiencing high levels of anxiety, which are impairing their ability to do tasks when they are asked to. Um, and basically, as adults, uh, this affects them in sort of like, they, they, uh, again, a lot of people with, um, anxious attachment styles can, you know, develop, um, what's it called? Abandonment issues? Yeah, like... Like, they don't want you to leave. They want you to stay close. Um, it says here, um, we are all unique. So our experiences between infancy and adulthood they are all different. None, like, the way we feel will not always be, you know, exactly what this says. But um, it says here that... Um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to, like, locate the sentence that I was just reading. Um, adults with this style often struggle to understand and regulate their emotions. Um, and they intensely fear abandonment, which can result in clingy and action behaviors. They are hypervigilant towards perceived threats uh, to their important relationships, so very insecure. 
Um, people very, very clingy. They want you to stay beside them. They don't want you to leave. Um, because, you know, in, in every single moment that they live in, or, you know, most of the time, um, they are feeling this over, overwhelming sense of, uh, fear that, and not fear, but like anxiety, like they, they don't want you to leave them and their brain is making them think that possibly a lot of the things they do or how they act if they don't act the way that you want them to act that they think that you're gonna leave so a lot of these people have the issue they they're people pleasing a lot of pe a lot of people with anxious ambivalent attachments people please a lot and they they sort of put their own needs to the side because at the end of the day it's more important that you stay beside them that you stay with them because they they love you and they love you so much and they love the the sort of um affirmation that they get with your presence um it says here um they will do anything within their power to prevent their loved ones from leaving them. That's what I just explained. Um, but to a fault, for these reasons, adults with action, anxious, preoccupied attachment style may experience difficulties in relations and in, in romantic relationships and otherwise. So this has a lot to it inflicts a lot of damage upon the the self esteem of the person because uh, you know like they don't sense their own worth outside of you in in a sense they don't sense their own worth outside of their relationship so they they need you to give them that worth it's like they aren't their their own person when they're not with you um fortunately it is possible to change an attachment style as an adult you know but like yada 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 i already explained this um but yeah, uh, now it just goes on to explain, like, how you can change the style and, like, fucking heal or whatever, but I'm not reading that. I'm here to explain with you what the fuck this is, you know, like, it's, it's pretty shitty because it's almost as if you don't see the own value, it's as if you don't see your own self as a human being, um, and that is incredibly just frustrating you know like you're constantly trying to please other people because you feel this intense fear that people will leave you that people will abandon you um can you change it blah 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 it's the same bullshit i think i think i'm done with that one um unless i find let me give me a moment i'm gonna I, I think I want to, like, do a little bit more research. If not, if I don't find anything, I'll just come back with the fucking same, uh, whatever. Like, the next fucking attachment style. I don't even know what I'm saying, guys. Honestly, this is kind of a mess, but I understand myself. So, um... Sorry about that little little weirdo ass pause that I had. I just needed to 
sort of gather a little bit more information because I wanted to touch on the topic of um, relationships as a anxious, you know, preoccupied uh, attachment style. Um, these types of attachment styles can, you know, have a lot um, of relationships, whether that be friendships or um, fucking, I don't fucking know, like sex, sexual partners of relationships, they jump from one boyfriend to another. If they're, if they break up to, with their boyfriend, they'll like find somebody. They have to find somebody because they feel as if they are unworthy or unloved if they are alone and they get that satisfaction they get that that sort of uh comfort when they are with someone regardless if this person is putting you in a situation where you do not feel comfortable you don't feel like if like this person could be fucking treating you like shit like actual dog shit and you will not confront this person because you feel as though you know confronting this person is going to make them leave you which by the way if they do that's their loss hey because standing up for yourself isn't bad because saying shit how they're supposed to be sad is nothing that you should be afraid of and if a person leaves you because you stood up for yourself then that's the sign that they were never meant to be and i feel like you know the the biggest um the biggest issue with this attachment is that these people do not get do not give themselves the time to be an individual person they do not give themselves the time to be a person outside of their relationship outside of their friendships you know um they they have so much like just worry about how other people may perceive them and it's it's so sad um and by the way, not always are people with like anxious attachment styles, um, you know, come from, you know, inconsistent, like parenting on purpose, you know, like the, the parent is actually trying to, um, sort of not be there for the child. Most of the times, specifically with this attachment styles, there, there's a confusion between and in in the the med circle video on uh, anxious attachment styles it is you know the the guy i don't know his fucking name he asks uh dr judy um hey but doesn't uh can this lead to bipolar to a bipolar disorder because there's certain um there are certain attachment styles that can lead to like a specific type of um fucking you know condition or or mental illness um he's like yo can it 
and sh- the Dr. Judy goes on to explain that while while fearful uh, avoidant style uh, aka disorganized um, attachment is also brought onto the child you know because of inconsistent parenting um, anxious attachment styles a lot of the time aren't on purpose you know the parent it could be she presented the example of a parent who um you know goes to work they go to work and when they come back they're they're very present in their child's needs and and they they are very um aware of what their child needs and they're you know consistent and they they sort of like are there for their child and sometimes um when the parent comes back or the caregiver comes back from uh you know their work and they're tired and they're like um baby like i i think i need to have this time for myself you know and they're not uh there for their child's needs that is an inconsistent um that is still counts as an inconsistent style of you know parenting because the child doesn't know that you're tired you know he doesn't know what it's like working they don't know what it's like working a job and 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 they're they have this confusion and they take it really personal because they're a kid they don't know any better and and you know the child is like but (laughs) but you know he has like fucking he's like three years old he doesn't know what a fucking nine to five is you know he doesn't know and i i'm acting like the fucking child is male no um the child doesn't know so they're confused and they're like yo but but i want my 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 like my mama and this this uncertainty becomes you know anxiousness it becomes like when are when are you gonna be there like i i don't know um and it's 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 really interesting to see because you know you're you're unconsciously building this attachment style with the kid um but anyways uh as i was saying i don't remember what the fuck i was saying i think that was it um but yeah that's, that's the rest of what i have to say on uh anxious attachment styles um let's go to the other one bitch let's go to the other one The next um, attachment style we're going to be discussing. Holy shit. Dude, my bottle almost fell over. What the fuck? That was scary. Anyways, the next attachment style we're going to be discussing is anxious avoidant attachment. Um, you know, aka avoidant. Or, um, yeah, that's what it's called. Anxious avoidant is what it's called in uh, childhood. But anyways, um, a child, like, okay, so basically, avoidance styles presented themselves in children as, like, you know, in the specific experiments that we were talking about, it presented itself in a way that, um, when the child, when the mother or, you know, caregiver would leave the room the child didn't become very distressed. They didn't really 
react that much obviously they were like questioning they were like whoa what the fuck like they're gone but like they didn't really give a fuck you know they were like you know what i mean like (laughs) they did not give two shits like when the cameras were like expecting their reaction they were like girl because they did not give a fuck all right so this and, and you know when they came back when the caregiver came back um the child didn't really have any reaction you know they were they were like oh hey you're back but like it wasn't like oh my god you're back like you know um and you know in in this very experiment también a mí se me olvidó decir que they would also Sorry, I was raising Snoopy in the bed. They were also bringing in, like, other people to, like, be around the children. Like, primero estaban solo, después estaban con una persona, y después que entraba el caregiver. Pero, me entiende como que not much happened in the other two con la otra persona. They were still really, really agitated. Um, por ejemplo, like, only, like, the anxious attachment, they were still really agitated. And the secure were like, okay, you know fine but the avoidant children when the person came into the room they didn't really care they were like who the f-? they were like <laughs> <coughs> bro what the fuck oh shit that cough came from my fucking soul but when the other person came in they were like it is what it is like they did not give two shits all right they were like um okay who the fuck are you and when the when the caregiver went into the room back again they were you know they were really like oh hey you're back and they would just keep playing like through all of this they would just play by themselves um highly independent children um and basically uh yeah that was just the reaction that they had in the experiment um so it says here um this style of parenting tends to encourage um you know because basically okay hold up (laughs) okay so the following might be examples it says here the following might be examples um of typical behavior of the caregiver of an anxious avoidant child um you know when their child is distressed or afraid they might separate separate physically from them or become irritated shaming a child for showing emotions like don't cry you're being stupid stop crying shaming them for being a child expecting their child to foster independence which is unrealistic for their age like um might use phrases as stop crying you're acting like a baby toughing up grow up when their child when they show emotion or they repeatedly ignore their child's cues or cries for distress so basically this parent can also like you know it's not that they're entirely neglectful for the for the most part like some some of them are but not all of them are entirely neglectful but they are, you know, neglectful in some sort of way towards their child because their child is not really, like, they don't really give a shit. Um, 
as a response for their caregiver's actions, it says here, the avoidant attached child learns that seeking out their caregiver for comfort when distressed or frightened is a fruitless activity. They, uh, my bad. You know, you will not get anywhere trying to, um, gather some sort of empathy from your parent. You know, like, they just gave up. Um, thus, they suppress their innate desire because they have learned at an early age that outward displays of emotion will likely lead to rejection. So they kind of learn to internalize their emotions. They learn to hide their emotions from their parents because it doesn't really matter if they show them. If they show them, they're going to get a negative feedback from their parent, which is why these children tend to become so, um, you know, uh, independent in a sort of way. And I know a lot of people that'll be like, oh yeah, of course I'm, I'm an avoidant person. Like I'm always focused on my work. I'm a workaholic because, you know, as you grow older, um, one of the, you know, of anxious, like avoidant people are extremely, um, you know, how can I say this? They're very successful in their workplace, in their su- in like in their professional life. They are extremely successful, but when it comes to their um, sort of you know emotional and intimate life, their relationships and connections and friendships and family they are unsuccessful, you know, they feel rejected, they feel, you know, like, it's just pointless to show, or, like, it's a weakness to show your emotions, and they might have certain narcissistic qualities, or even develop lower senses of empathy, and maybe they don't, um, fully, uh, how can I say this, they don't really uh maybe it's not that they don't have empathy at all you know they can recognize mentally and and like process what it's like to be there for somebody but they are uncomfortable with people when they show affection and they might automatically assume that people, you know, and, you know, specifically people who have, like, uh, preoccupied styles of attachment, they might assume that these people want to be alone in certain areas of their life or, or you know, when they're going through a tough time, um, they might even avoid um, interacting with them. When people are crying, they might um, become awkward. They avoid eye contact. They look away. They, they're they like, okay, I need to get out of this fast. Like, I'll give you 10 minutes and then I'll leave. Um, because, uh, you know, expressive emotions, like outward emotions, uh, you know, sort of... Uh, make them really uncomfortable i have to fart like really bad it's like on my ass hold up i farted anyways um (laughs) i could have kept going and not told you guys that but i don't really give a fuck um anyways 
it they kind of become their own caregiver as as children um avoidant children become their own caregiver it says here that emotionally they know that they will have to self-soothe and nurture themselves and in time they develop a false sense of independence these people are not actually independent they really do maybe in deep inside as much as they are uncomfortable with the idea um it's something that maybe they would be you know would benefit them but if they're so uncomfortable they see that as a limitation they see relationships with other people as a limitation to their abilities um these people are incredibly uh how can i say this they are incredibly um in 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 workplace settings they're really fucking like in there because this is a performance they have to perform when you're in a workplace setting you have to perform you have to act like you're cool um and you know there's not really a lot of time for emotions in the workplace but outside of that is where they have trouble they're really resilient in a lot of you know and they might become workaholics and because of that aspect they like sort of involve their work in everything they do um and it can become a really big problem um as adults these children it says here as adults these children appear confident and self-sufficient they do not tolerate emotional or physical intimacy or they may not be able to build to build healthy relationships what's more in the workplace they're often seen as independents independent or lone wolf um and you know these people aren't always like fucking outcasts or they aren't always like lone wolves or whatever the fuck they don't always are awkward socially although they they do have um incredible risks in developing um social anxiety because you know they they're more comfortable in their own uh sort of bubble you know it says here symptoms of this um can be pretty happy about who they are and where they are you know this isn't necessarily a problem with them because they're a lot very comfortable in where they are they might be very social or easygoing or fun to be around Uh, In addition, these individuals might have a lot of friends or sexual partners. Generally speaking, they are not alone or lonely. Avoidant adults tend to be independent and their self-esteem is high, and they do not rely on others for reinsurance or emotional support. Such individuals might invest their professional development and are likely to build up their confidence on each personal success. They seem to be in, in control. Keyword seem to be. Um, their bond kind of like remains on the surface. They don't really like to go past that, you know, because they're they're so uncomfortable in letting people in because it's pointless to them. Why would I let you in? Um, and hold up. Snoopy is bothering my fucking ass because he's like barking and shit i don't know what's wrong with him oh what's wrong baby what's wrong my love 
he's so cute anyways y'all um as i was saying these individuals will let you be around them but will not let you in like completely because they have trust issues you know um they tend to avoid closeness or intimacy and as soon as ser- as things get serious or you know in a relationship for, for example like they tend to be like ooh like ooh you know like what's what's that one sound hold up they tend to be like um Like, that's them when people, like, cry. <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Um, hold up, y'all. I have to piss. Hey, guys. So, I'm back from pissing. I'm going to keep saying... This is the last thing that I'm going to say about, um... Uh, avoidant people specifically in relationships um they okay so this is something that i also recognize within myself because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna reveal my attachment style yet but i'm pretty sure everybody who's listening to this knows it um but this is something that i struggle with It says here, at this point, such people might try to find a reason to end a relationship. They might be highly annoyed by their partner's behavior, habit, or even physical appearance. Uh, Consequently, they start drifting off and distancing themselves from the partner. This happens specifically when they... Also, if you hear licking, that's Snoopy because he's fucking... Can you not? you're annoying um but this specifically when they find a partner who is like overbearing because um and specifically in snoopy you're licking into the microphone babe what are you doing get out of there um but specifically with people who have an anxious attachment style and this was also discussed in you know one of the video essays um not video essays um i mean video talks interviews whatever about um avoidant people and avoidant adults in relationship in relationships they they might have you know it's not that they are unable to create healthy um spaces within each other uh like with other people you know it's not that um because avoidant people are you know if specifically if somebody has a secure attachment they can work really well because they also have that sense of independence they also have that sense of i am my own person and i do not need you like that all the time you know um they might have like conflict but it's not gonna be like oh like i need you to be here every day you know like it's not like that um with a person who's secure who has a secure attachment they might be like oh hey like i just noticed that like 
we're not seeing each other as much as I as we used to. Like, I would like to see you more. And, you know, the avoidant person is mostly going to be like, oh, okay. You know, like, they, depending on which part of the healing they are, you know, they'll be more open to that. Um, uh, but with people who are, you know, anxious. By the way, I'm speaking lowly because my parents are home. Also, it's like... 6.58 and it's like really quiet so ASMR girl um but with people who are who have an anxious attachment style they tend to be really like you know like if you're overbearing you're overly clingy that stresses them out that's like that makes them really uncomfortable really fast so they start looking for things they start getting annoyed by them they start pointing out like getting repeatedly like noticing stuff and it's they start getting annoyed by this by like you know stuff like that and you know eventually they'll be like you know because that shit does not fall good with them you know they don't fuck with that um (laughs) which is which is something that I, I, I have to admit that I have done that before. Like when I do, when I read that, I have, I can look back on, on, on certain places within my life where I have been like so overbeared with like a partner's behavior that is just super annoying and like they don't even have to be doing anything wrong it's just that i am like annoyed in such a sense or i'm like i'm like overwhelmed by the closeness or like how serious things are getting and i pull back because i'm i'm like oh you know and that's gonna be something that we are gonna be discussing which is the next and last um style of attachment let's get right into it on to the last attachment style which is also my attachment style but um we have the disorganized attachment style yay yay guys i was not excited i was so not excited when i found out that i had this attachment style i feel like and i feel like you know this was such an eye-opening thing for me because i truly thought that i was an anxious attachment style but at the same time nothing like there was some things that just didn't like I was also avoidant in certain things in certain aspects and I was like what is like I know I'm anxious because I'm a very anxious person especially with my relationships but what does this mean why am I also relating to the avoidant one and it says here in uh the explanation that most attachment specialists believe that disorganized attachment style is the most difficult of the three insecure attachment styles to treat because it incorporates both anxious and avoiding styles and when i read that girl i was like girl i was like i was like girl 
I was like, because I finally, I finally, that was me, girl. I was like, like, you cannot tell me, girl. Hello? Girl, I was in so much shock. I was like, there is no fucking way. Come to come to find out, hey, I'm a disorganized attachment style. Did not fucking know that. I swear to God, I thought I was an anxious attachment style because, you know, as I explained, I'm a very anxious person. So let's get into um, what exactly is the cause of, you know, what are, what, <laughs> what is disorganized attachment style? There's no, by the way, while I was researching this, like, yes, there are videos on disorganized attachment style. There is nothing that truly explains what it's like to have a disorganized attachment style because it's something that is not talked about. And even like, I've even like people who, who like in general, like people don't know what this is. People think it's like all oh, people that must have like gone through some really fucked up shit. And yes, but like at the same time, it they're so it's like it's fucking crazy. I can't, I can't even fucking explain it. Like there's just no um like it's so difficult to come across something explaining what exactly is a disorganized attachment style. And basically in the experiment of the strange situation uh the kids when the parents were in the room with them they seemed to be like ignoring them very very um very just avoidant very dismissive about them they didn't really pay them much attention but the moment the parent or caregiver left um the child seemed to go fucking crazy they seem to stress out incredibly so um and like you know almost like a mixture in between the two attachment styles it was you know they they would be incredibly uh dysregulated and then once the caregiver uh went back inside they it, the child completely ignored them you know and this this behavior was seen to be erratic it, it was seen to be incredibly confusing because the child like missed them once they were gone but once the caregiver was inside with them they would completely ignore them and be highly dismissive of them so it's a very a very contrasting behavior um and you know not much is known about this i I'm going to get my source from uh, this uh, presentation called from Therapy Thread, uh, Therapy Talks. Um, you know, and this is this is pretty spot on. Like, I'm. It's really spot on. Like, I read this and I was like, "What the fuck? <laughs> what are you seeing?" Like, I was like. <sighs> It was incredible. Um, so basically, it starts off like having a disorganized attachment style is a constant dance between craving intimacy and fearing vulnerability. 
um they go on to give us the example of like oh like these two people battling and being like one being like oh i want to text them and ask to hang out and the other is um no that's useless they'll reject you you're better off alone and you have this it's like this constant battle of of two forces within you one seeking and desiring that closeness and that relationship and the other one completely just fearful it it the main the main problem here is fear fear of rejection fear of of this they're they're gonna reject me they will not never accept who i am and they don't even like me and it's like two it says one pushing for closeness one the other the other urging to retreat um this internal chaos can lead to a sense of confusion security and a difficulty trusting others a lack of trust can bring worries that an interest in somebody else will lead to rejection or abandonment intensifying a jealousy intensifying a feeling of jealousy um and they give us the example of two two people hanging out and you know one person being like the person you know with a a fearful avoiding style being like oh they seem to get along so well that they don't even fucking want me anymore i'm just gonna leave dude and when i saw that i was like this is fucking crazy this is insane um you engage in like constant self-criticism and overanalyzing uh, people's behavior when something unpredictable happens you know just like uh always just looking for the blame on yourself uh and they avoid they avoid appearing needy or insecure so they might suppress their feelings and internalize them and like instead of communicating like for example um like when when you want to hang out with somebody or when you're like hey i like i i want to hang out with you i want to spend more time with you and then that person rejects you and you instantly go to like fuck it you know it's fine i something came up i'm busy you know going get in order to protect yourself from being vulnerable in that moment from being um from acting like you were you know uh wanting that that hangout or wanting that to happen it it sets the example of um somebody being like hey i gotta go and the other person is like making up an excuse for like why they also need to go like oh it's cool like i i had the plans already it's fine um and it also gives the example of like somebody texting if you know a person wants to go out tonight that they'll drive and then they're like oh act like they they sense rejection because the person hasn't responded and they're like oh actually never mind something came up um and they withdraw emotionally you know they avoid 
interaction or further interaction to protect themselves from that vulnerability from being vulnerable um and i see this in myself and it's it's so crazy because i've been trying to explain to myself why i am the way i am why i i feel such hatred and jealousy for people and and i also self-criticize so much uh when i myself am vulnerable um because you know i'm also avoidant in that sense and i feel i feel sometimes that me me specifically showing emotion is weak i'm a weak person because i i show these moments of vulnerability um and so it's it's all related to fear it's like fear is the main component in this attachment style you are so afraid of being the central like you are so afraid of being perceived as a vulnerable person with feelings that you you like fucking brush it off as like you being stupid you know um or you're like oh no normal like i it's totally not a big deal you know because you also don't want to you know you don't want to leave yourself in a vulnerable position um what causes this? What causes this disorganized attachment? Um, fear, as I said, fear is the central aspect of its development. The survival of the infant child depends on the caregivers. The child knows that subconsciously. Our children know that. So he or she seeks safety in caregivers. The problem arises when the source of safety becomes a source of fear. If the caregivers show highly contrasting behaviors in which which is inconsistent and unpredictable, the child can start fearing for his safety. And this is a very important quote, quote, listen to what I'm about to say. The child does not know when to expect, nor does the child know when the caregiver will meet their needs, if at all. Another reason for fear is having witnessing traumatizing experience that involves the attachment figure. For instance, the caregiver abuses the child verbally, physically, or sexually, or the child witnesses the caregiver abuse somebody else. Either way, the child no longer trusts the caregiver. The child realizes that they cannot rely on the caregivers to meet their physical or emotional needs. And the caregiver who should be acting as a source of safety are not only unreliable, but they are also causing fear. And I get such a sense of rage when I read this because I've been I've been looking for an explanation as to why I am the way I am and why as a child I sense so much fear within myself and it's so frustrating that even as a kid this is the only explanation even as a fucking kid I never felt safe with the people who were supposed to make me feel safe with the people who are literally in charge of my safety in charge of me feeling like a human being with actual parents that i can rely on and i never felt that 
and that nothing gives me so much fucking rage than that fucking bullshit nothing makes me angrier because i am i feel so sorry for myself i feel so sad that little kid me had to go through all that fucking bullshit bro that makes me so mad such children lack coherence in their own behavior towards their caregivers they might seek closeness but at the same time reject the caregivers proximity and distance themselves due to fear this basically becomes sort of a push and pull type relationship as i was saying um a lot of people tend to uh confuse this style or confuse the symptoms of this style with um anxious attachment um but the the main difference and i i don't know if i already said this the main difference is that disorganized attachment is on purpose you know this this is created on purpose this is not and like avoid like anxious attachment styles are not necessarily you know created on purpose you know maybe the parent wants to be there but they simply can't because they are trying to provide you know they're trying to have a job you know and you know in some cases not all cases obviously there's some cases where the parent is just an asshole um but with disorganized attachment this is induced this is something that you know the main the main point is fear you fear your caregivers you know something had to happen to make you afraid to make you dysregulated to make you disorganized to make you to make you unattached from the safety and 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 avoid your caregivers in such a way um it looks like like what does it look like in adults adults um these wait what the fuck was i reading oh yeah adults with these with this attachment style lack a coherent approach one on one though wait (laughs) good bitch not me being dyslexic i'm sorry y'all um on the one hand they want to belong they want to be loved and to love while on the other hand they are afraid to let anybody in they have a strong fear that people that the people who are closest to them will hurt them these adults expect and are waiting for rejection disappointment and hurt to come in their perception it is inevitable they do not reject emotionally emotional intimacy they are simply afraid of it adults with disorganized attachment style continue to view attachment the attachment figure once their caregiver and now their partner as unpredictable they have trouble believing that their partner will love and support them as they are these adults expect and are waiting for rejection disappointment and hurt to come yeah i already read that (laughs) this mindset can turn into a form of self-sabotage causing disorganized adults to end relationships prematurely 
and might also be a type of self-fulfilling prophecy. So the disorganized adult expects and predicts that they will be rejected with by their partner. Even if there are no such signs, he or she starts, starts behaving in a way that leads to fulfilling the expectations, aka end the relationship. Um, also, it is also a self-fulfilling prophecy when an individual with a disorganized attachment style chooses partners that induce fear. This is why people with um, specifically anxious and disorganized styles um, usually you know you know thank god i mean not thank god thank god that it doesn't always happen but most of the times they get with people that remind them of their parents they remind them of of you know that situation because it's what they've been seeing the whole you know time it's a familiar circumstance to this um although I will say this, sometimes disorganized people have, they have the independence within them, you know, because regardless if they are anxious, they also recognize their independence and they also want that, that balance between it, you know, and that's when it becomes difficult because you have on one side, you have the the avoidance you don't want it you know and on one side you do want it and you want it so bad but you also want to be your own independent person it's such a confusing fucking crazy little life that we live in uh anyways chooses partners that induce fear thus confirming their perception that they can trust other people emotionally or physically no matter what um and you know obviously with any you know the same as any uh style of attachment uh this can change you know oh and and most of the times people with disorganized styles have like they either on one parent it's like secure on the other it's like uh avoidant you know it's like all over the place but with mine specifically and i haven't seen this with anybody else um they're like almost all in fucking disorganized which i don't know what i don't know what that means if somebody could explain that to me um if somebody could explain that to me i would be really grateful um (laughs) but it's really confusing why everything is like on my disorganized thing um but anyways uh yeah, it says here in in the little PowerPoint, in the little presentation that I have, um, they may are they may alternate between seeking emotional closeness and withdrawing from it out of fear and vulnerability and rejection. They want to love, they want to feel love, but they are scared that are that they are being too much so they withdraw and if i haven't had like i cannot express enough how many times that hasn't happened to me and i feel like it's why i have such a hard time reaching out um for help 
with people. I don't want to get emotional, but this is a really emotional subject because it explains so much. Um, God, because if I cry, I'm going to be so embarrassed. Um, <laughs> um, but it's, it's so difficult, you know, because I, I want, I want to be loved and I want to feel like I'm loved. I want to, I want to feel like the love that I give towards other people. I want to feel that back. Um, but I don't, you know, and it's, it's the difficult part. That's, that's the hard part when, when you try so fucking hard and, and you, like, I can't even fucking explain it. It's so frustrating because I get mad at other people. I create these scenarios in my head. I like with my friends, you know, if if we don't talk for a lot of the time or at all, I I get these intrusive thoughts um that go back, you know, to my attachment style that are basically just like made up stories about how why they don't want to be around me or why they don't want to talk to me um and like even if i want to reach out i'm like why they don't even care about you they haven't reached out towards you so why would you care and then why would you want to reach out to them they don't care about you and they never have um and like, I want to ask for reassurance, but it, at the same time, I don't. Because I know that I'm probably bothering them. And no, you see, I'm doing it again. I don't know that I'm probably bothering them. And I'm probably not. Realistically, I'm not bothering anybody. But I feel that way. I feel like I'm a bother. I feel like I'm a burden all the time. And it's so frustrating. And I also feel like my family members don't love me. And I have nowhere to be because I'm so lost. And it's a constant like state of loneliness. Because it's a constant fight within myself. And it's so exhausting. It's so exhausting. Because there's no there's no peace there's no end to it and of course i can work on this and i am working on it but this is gonna take time and i just i i see no reason and why i should reach out to people because at the same at the same time come on get as much as i want to what are what can they say it's not their fault. What can they possibly say to make me feel better? They can't say anything. They're going to sit there, hear me rant, and do nothing. They're going to do nothing. And that's not going to make me feel better either. So why waste somebody else's time with my fucking problems? They have better shit to deal with than my bullshit ass. I'm sorry, and it's just truth. My friends and, like, 
other people, not even my friends, everybody else has better shit to deal with than my bullshit. It's not going to make me feel better. Ranting to them is not going to make me feel better. It's going to make me feel like more of a burden. So why? And then the best solution I can possibly do is either work this by myself or work it with a psychologist. That's just how I feel. And listen, like, and this is the type of moments where insecurity starts dawning on me because right now my thought process is people are going to think you're like overreacting. People are going to think that, you know, you're doing this for attention or that like you want their attention. I don't want anybody's fucking attention. Okay. I don't want anything to do with you. All right. That's the fucking truth. There's nothing you can say that'll make me feel better. There's nothing that you can say. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's the truth. Um, and I'm not doing this to like gather any attention. It's just really fucking frustrating. I know that maybe this may not be true and what I'm saying is a direct result of my attachment issues, but it's what I feel. And you know, there's this is a direct example of what a disorganized attachment style is. Uh what I'm venting to you right now is a direct example of how my brain works the only way i could possibly work with this is by going to a psychologist the only way i could possibly get through this is being aware of this being aware of you know what i'm doing spending time with myself but at the same time i want to reach out to people so bad i want to have this connection with people i want to have friends but I don't feel capable of doing so. I don't, you know, it feels pointless almost in a way. Um, and, you know, I want to hang out with people, but it's such a, oh, it's just a stupid thing <laughs> to like ask people to hang out with me. Because then they're going to be like, other people have better things to do. I'm sorry. People really have, they have jobs, you know. Um, <laughs> people have jobs, bitch. Get over yourself. Um, but yeah, this is just how my brain works. I don't even know how I got to this shit. Um, but this is just how my brain works. Um, I really, when I just started ranting about whatever the fuck. I don't know if this made any sense, but I, I hope that you guys were able to fucking learn some new shits, learn what goes on in the brain of a of a disorganized person, um, because I don't really understand it myself, uh, but I hope that you know I was able to give you guys some insight on on what I think on the things that go on in my head. Uh, so yeah. Anyways, thank you all so much for listening to this. If you've listened to it all the way, thank you. You know, it's a really fucking long episode. I really don't blame anybody if they didn't listen to, um this whole thing but uh thank you guys so much for listening to this and and for learning with me you know because learning is such a beautiful thing um 
and I really I have loved doing this research um I've loved you know explaining what it is and I've loved just learning this this whole thing and 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 getting into a deeper understanding within myself I feel like this is also like as much as I did rant uh, a few seconds ago <laughs> as much as I was frustrated I do realize that this is something that will be incredibly helpful to me because now I am able to recognize you know what parts of my of my actions are my attachment styles what parts of myself are the experiences that I've gone through you know what I mean and I'm very grateful that I've had this opportunity to have this moment within myself and and realize this um so I thank you all so much from the bottom of my heart if you've read this if you've um not read this heard this and I hope that you guys are able to um how do you, I don't even know how to say this are you I hope that you guys are able to come to a deeper I'm gonna sneeze <laughs> to a deeper understanding within yourselves because of you know you've learned about your attachment style because attachment styles are, are such a vital part to our lives and i feel like nobody understands that as as much any like unless you, you know you're a psychologist student um but it's incredibly vital to healing because you have a better understanding of yourself you have a be a new perspective on the things that you've gone through within your childhood and how they affect you as a as an adult you know what i mean so i'm just really really glad really happy <laughs> um i'm really really happy with all of you um i hope that you were able to enjoy this episode and if you want something similar you know if you have any ideas for me in the future dude don't don't even like um don't even like hesitate to give me this idea you know to give me an idea on what i can do because at the end of the day i love doing these i love doing podcasts and i love talking and i love venting and i love saying whatever the fuck is in my mind um so i'm just really happy about this um i put a lot of effort and a lot of research into this episode specifically so um please tell me your thoughts tell me what you thought of this and uh yeah i hope oh my god and something i have to add about like disorganized attachment styles whenever somebody is like no don't feel like that or like like no like they are like trying to explain like why i shouldn't feel the way i feel shut the fuck up bro shut the fuck up you're pitying me i don't want people to pity me i don't want people to feel sorry for me i don't want people to fucking be upset like like i just i don't want you to fucking pity me okay shut the fuck up i really don't i really don't i don't want anybody's pity because i feel fucking icky i feel icky i feel like i overshared too much and it's like ew like like ugh. You know what I mean? Like, ugh, please. 
Ugh, like I already have such a hard time being vulnerable. You don't need to make it worse. Um, but anyways, uh, this is no, no, now I'm saying goodbye, y'all. Now I'm saying goodbye because if I keep talking, I'm gonna be going insane. So I'll see you guys later. Thank you guys so much for listening to me, um, and for being, you know, for spending this time with me and giving, giving me, uh, this time of your day to, I don't know, listen to me fucking rant or, like, talk shit. But anyways, thank you guys so much, and I'll see you next time.